Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Victory Drive, the world's fastest growing, most entertaining gun podcast on the air. Um, well, today it's another episode between just my brother and I. Uh, this is going to be a recurring thing. Jordan is my brother, obviously, and also one of my best friends. He We shoot a lot together, and it's one thing that we have a lot in common. He doesn't he doesn't necessarily like to hunt. I've been trying to get him to go hunting more, but hunting is not something that he's super willing to invest a lot of time and effort into since he has a lot of things going. And you'll learn a little bit more about that on the episode. We talk about his band that he's starting up with um, his buddy Zach and soon to be our brother-in-law, Zach. So they have a cool band together. It's just them two, but they have some cool things coming down the pipeline with that. Um, and then we also talk a bit about the USPSA competition that we're kind of getting ready for and hoping to compete in um, like next month, I think, actually now. Shit. Yeah, it's coming up soon. So just talking, two brothers talking again, uh, getting caught up and talking about shooting some guns. And we actually, uh, before this episode got recorded, we did do a little bit of recording some video stuff. So that's that's going to be coming down the pipeline soon. Um, you guys want to stay tuned in and check it in on uh, the Working Class Bowhunter YouTube page because we're going to start revamping that bad boy up a little bit and pushing that out to you guys more. We want to get into more video stuff. Um, video, stuff video stuff, especially in the gun world, seems to do pretty well, and a lot of people really enjoy that. So we're going to start doing our own Victory Drive spin on things, and I'm very, very fucking excited for it. Um, so stay tuned for that. And uh, also, got to keep the wheels greased, guys. You know what's coming. Grizzly fucking coolers. Best cooler on the market, especially for the price. I mean, golly, guys, just take a look. Check out Grizzly Coolers on the on their website there. And um, when you are looking around there and you decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to give these guys a shot and try some of their fucking awesome coolers and drinkware. Well, use code WCB for 15% off. That's a discount code handed down from the Working Class Bowhunter podcast themselves. WCB gets you 15% off at grizzly.com com on any of their stuff and also you want to check out the working class bow hunter store because they got a lot of cool drinkware that's wcb only stuff you guys are gonna fucking love that a lot of drinkware 
um, from Grizzly with the uh, old WCB logo on there. And it sells out fast, guys. They haven't been able to keep it in the store. So when you're in there checking it out, make sure you pick it up if you see it in stock. All right. And also, honorable mentions. We got CC Hunt Files, Clint Casper, East Eastern Man Going West, talking about all that shit. That's a great podcast with Clint Casper. You can listen to him yelling your ear weekly. And also... Tackle and Tacos, a fishing podcast brought to you by the Working Class Bowhunter Network as well. And that's Jordan Johnson and the gang. They talk about fishing and tacos. And that's becoming a really interesting podcast because I'm not a big fisherman, but it's something I've always been interested in. So I love listening and tuning in to see what they have to say in the fishing world. So without further ado, guys, please and please. Stay tuned. Listen to the whole episode. I love you guys. You guys are doing great. I love all the support you guys have been giving me. And um, check check me out. Check us out on Victory Drive Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And um, let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you guys want to hear anything in specific. You have any guests you want to hear from? Whatever, whatever you guys want. Let me know, and I'll definitely take it in consideration. And I appreciate once again all of your. All of your loyal support. You guys are awesome, and we're killing it. And it's, we're, I'm very excited for all the great things coming down the pipeline in the future. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. This is the volume I will talk in this episode. Adjust accordingly. <laughs> all right, now do it for real. All right, can you hear me all right? Uh, do it again. My name is Jordan. My name is Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. Is that the distance from me away from it, too? Like, is that where you're going to be? Yeah, I'll be right here. Is that your home? No. Yeah. Okay, because I think I'm right there, too. Bam, 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 bam. Chicka, chicka. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck it, dude. Yeah! Holy shit, brother. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing any fries creams, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I, need, I wish I had a... I'm like a whole, whole fucking diddly whopper down from you. An octave low. An octave low. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming on to carry me home. Fuck yeah, dude. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> dude, um, so you've been really hitting the, the band stuff hard lately. Yeah, correct. Oh, nice. How's that going? It's going good. Yeah, just writing some music. Going to get some members uh, going because right now it's just me and my guitarist. So, getting a bassist in on the action, getting a vocalist in on the action, going to start playing shows soon. What kind of music is it? Uh, I describe it as post-metal. 
post metal. Yeah. So like after metal dies. Yeah. Has died. Died. We we survived. You survived. <laughs> so what does that sound like? Um, like neurosis, Russian circles, pelican, sort of cave in. I guess we have some influence there. Yeah. Because I don't know. We just write music that we like to listen to, and we just like to listen to all kinds of different shit. That's the mature thing to do, I think, honestly. Yeah. I mean, before we were both in like a death metal band, and that's just what we were doing. It was just death metal. So we had a bunch of shit written Mm -hmm. um, when we were doing that, and it didn't fit in with what we were doing at the time. So now we're doing something that we just want to do. It's just no no genre, no limitations, just whatever the hell we think sounds good. It's kind of what, and that's a good way to do it. That's why with this podcast, I'm. Obviously, it's a gun-oriented podcast, but I have a lot of leeway, and we don't have to talk politics, or not politics, I mean, we talk politics too, but we don't have to talk guns specifically all the time either, you know? It's, uh, yeah. I like to, I don't like to pigeonhole myself into one, like, genre, like you were saying, mm-hmm. with music, yeah. but, I don't know, you gotta, you, you gotta have a genre, you know, you have to have a genre. Sure. You know, but... To branch outside that every once in a while and stuff is definitely, I think, a good thing to do. Right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, what we're doing is just distorted guitars. It's not super fast. It's not super slow. It's just, I don't know, it's like more rock and metal put together. Stoner metal? Yeah, kind of. Comparative to stoner metal? Yeah, I mean, we have some songs that are like stoner, but we have one song that's just a straight-up rock song. Like, you could probably fit in, like, on the radio. Really? We have one song that's like a metalcore song. We have one that's like, uh, kind of like Russian circles ish. I guess it's kind of like, not to try to sound pretentious or anything, but like has a, kind of like a spiritual vibe to it. Yeah, that's not pretentious, dude. Yeah, but it's just whatever we feel like writing, we write it, and if it sounds good, we're gonna keep it in our set. Mm-hmm. And if we decide to go a different route some other time, we're gonna take shit out of our set, push it, in, push shit into our set. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just I the way that me and this dude write, it's just, we're on the same level every time. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first 10 minutes or so of our band practices, we just play whatever groove we have in our head at the time, and that's, just like, our warm-up, and sometimes yeah. they turn into songs. Yeah, I hear you. That's cool. I'm excited for you, because you're going to, you have a bassist coming in to try out, and then uh, a, a fucking vocalist, you right? Yeah. You're trying to wrap that up? Yep. Trying to finalize the project a little bit? Yep. Yeah. Sick. Just mostly seeing if there are dudes that we can spend time with and if we can write with, like, on the fly, because that's just kind of how we do shit. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the number one thing with bands that make them crumble is the fact that you get a bunch of artistic minds together, and they might they might make good music, but they don't necessarily get along. Mm-hmm. So then they end up fighting, and it just fucking doesn't turn out well yeah i was in band before actually my first band it was uh we all wanted to do different we wanted to take the band into a different direction and like one of the guitarists wanted to do one thing the other guitarist wanted to do something else so it's just when we did actually finalize songs that we put it into our set like it was i thought it was like a mess you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i wanted to do something different as a vocalist the drummer wanted to do something different. The Both the guitarists all wanted to do something different. And, the, like, me and the bassist were kind of, like, on the same thing. Right. But when everybody else is going in different directions, like, it's kind of weird when you have, like, a very rhythmic-oriented guitar riff 
with like blast beats on top of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So oh, like yeah. shit and like black metal vocals, you know? Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Shit gets kind of weird. We need to, <laughs> sir, we it's good to mix mix genres, but you got to I don't know, you got <laughs> you can't have two extremes, you know, right? Yeah, I would say at least one song needs to kind of all be in the same direction. Right. And not necessarily, when I say genre, I mean, I guess not for the band, but for the songs. You can't, you can't, you don't want, like, a super ADHD autistic fucking song, you know? Yeah. It just skips around all over the place. Yeah. And that's what we were doing before. But, like, that was, we were all super young when we were doing it, and we had no idea on how to, like, work with people. Mm -hmm. So we were just like, no, we're doing this. We're doing our own, I'm doing my own thing. As long as it fits in the time, like, within the time structure, it'll work. But, like. I don't know. It was a good band. We wrote some good songs, but oh yeah, ultimately it wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And the band after that I joined, everybody was kind of on the same page to a certain extent. But what I'm doing now, I mean, there's just two of us right now, and like what we're writing, we're both like, this is like what we want to sound like. These are the songs we like. These are the bands we like. Mm-hmm. And then they're all the same. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's a good outlet, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just like anything else, uh, I guess, hobby-wise. Whether it's like shooting or hunting or whatever, you know, band, playing playing an instrument and playing a band, there's, it's a a lot of people get a good, I guess, release from that. Yeah, right? for sure. Like for you, it's a lot. Is it like stress stress relieving for you to like play drums and guitars and shit? You, I mean, right now you're drumming. Yeah, I'm drumming. Um, well, I only learned how to play drums like maybe a year a year and a half ago, so mm-hmm. I'm still learning, and it's exciting to learn. I think. Mm-hmm. Because, like, every song we write, it's like, I'm getting better, you know? This dude's been mm-hmm. playing guitar for, like, 25 years or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's nice, yeah. For, for a long time. Yeah, and he's been really patient with me. I mean, he's... We've been writing shit since I've learned... Since I bought a drum set and, like, barely know how to play. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's nice to learn, and it's also nice to be a part of the songwriting process. Because, like, before I... The two bands I was in before, I was doing vocals, and it might sound weird... Saying that a vocalist doesn't isn't like a major part of the songwriting process, but they're not. They write the lyrics within the, the structure that they're given by mm-hmm. the bandmates, well, unless the singer, in certain cases, write the instruments. You know, right? So a lot of bands, I from what I've like kind of read in uh, everything about it, it's like the sing the the vocalist. Yeah, it doesn't really unless he's. I mean, let me re- let me go back real quick because I was sidetracked looking at the levels, make sure everything is coming out right. But the vocalists of a band, if they if they're writing their, as long as they're writing their own lyrics, that is a huge part of the songwriting experience and the listening experience. But it's only it's still only very like one part, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see like how you'd say that vocalists aren't super integral to the structure of the songwriting. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of bands where the singer plays. You know, drums and guitar and bass and writes a lot of it. The majority, like the majority of things, like Slipknot, fucking Corey Taylor and Clown. I think they're the two owners of the band, mm-hmm. and they the way they they see it, they're like, hey, you know, we we own Slipknot, and the rest of the band, they're music, they're paid musicians. Yeah, we tell them what to write, what to what to do. We give them the music, and we write the songs and all that good shit. Yeah, a lot of bands do that. Um... One of the big ones, Ghost, does that. Ghost has always been that way. Uh, the singer, Tobias Forge, he writes all of the instruments. Oh, really? And he 
hires a studio drummer and he records all the instruments himself and then he hires touring members essentially oh really and he teaches them the parts so ghost is it's tobias forge tobias forge yeah okay um trent Reznor is another good example he is nine inch nails he has been since the start of it yep and he writes everything, records everything, and then he hires touring members to go on tour with. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of bands. If you have a strong, a strong vocalist, and it's, you know, I think that's pretty big, pretty big. But there's a lot of bands too. Like there's other bands other that where the vocalist is just is the paid musician. Like you're the front man. We write everything. <clears throat> Here's the lyrics. Yeah, it drives the melody. Fucking sing along, you know, kind of deal. It drives the melody, and it gets people singing. You know, getting the people to know the songs themselves. Right. So, like, I, there was an interview that uh, Doyle did <clears throat> from the Misfits a while back that really kind of got me into like getting out of my own head about not being very good at like guitar or drums. And he said, "You don't have to be a fucking good guitarist. I'm not a good guitarist, but as long as you have a good singer, people are gonna like your shit." Yeah, I mean that's very true because uh, people sing along, and that's a huge part for the listener, at least is. Uh, Sing along, and that's—I yeah. mean—that's all. Not a, not a whole lot of people will fucking pay a, a huge attention. Like it, the intric- intricacies of each other, of other, I guess, parts of the band. Hmm. Singing, singing along. Even if you're a terrible singer, everyone wants to sing along to songs, depending on what it is. You know. Yeah, everybody right. wants to know the lyrics. Yeah. Only other musicians pay attention to the other shit. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So for you is uh, making music and doing that kind of thing. Is that like a stress reliever for you, or mm-hmm. is it just something that I don't know? What is it? What is it that makes you that drives you to want to make music? Um, I guess it's just an outlet, a creative outlet. I can't draw. I mean, I tried for a while. I tried, Dude, you I tried were drawing some good shit. That was okay. Before, I mean, I was okay, but like I don't know. I get in my own head about it. I'm like, ah, I fucking suck. So I just should just stop. But music's just always been something. I don't know. Ever since I've been in a band, even before that, whenever I hear like a good song that I really like, I just get a feeling. You know, it's a, just a good fucking feeling, you know. And it's like when you write, then like when everything comes together and it sounds good, you mm-hmm. just you get a really good feeling that you just can't get anywhere else. You know, it's like finally yeah. this came out of my head. It's in the speakers. It's in somebody else's head, and they like it. So that makes me feel good. If I that see makes that. sense. Yeah, no, that, that <clears throat> makes total sense, dude. Uh, Especially, I mean, for me as a not very creative person, when it comes to things like that, it's very, it's really cool to see, um, you making music and stuff. It's, I don't know, it's cool when it all comes together. It's kind of like building a house that you lay, lay the foundation and then you start putting up the other structure. And then when it's done, you're like, hell yeah, dude, that's pretty fucking sick. Mm -hmm. You know, you can look back on it, listen back, listen back to it and say, I created that. That was pretty dope. Same with Ashley with when she's editing a bunch of, she's starting to get really starting to really get into videography and editing and all that stuff, which is badass. We, she didn't really do any of that. She's always kind of had an interest in it. But when we started the pot, this podcast started doing things and we started doing mess around with more film stuff, she's just getting really into it now. And I think that gives her that same feeling, that same creative outlet for her to um, record things and edit things and make the video come out nice, you know? Because mm-hmm. when we first started, we were making videos just on the on the range. Fucking, we made one video and it's a it's a range video. It's just fucking us us two out there fucking around. We recorded a shit ton of uh, a, a shitload, and she had to edit a lot of stuff out. But that was really good practice for her, and it got her thinking 
on direction on what she what she wants in a in a video and gives her better structure i guess like the more you do it the better you get at things when it comes to creativity but for mm-hmm. me i don't know i i was in a band when i was young when i was when i was in high school and i don't know I, I'm, I'm a shitty fucking songwriter so and as a vocalist and i also can't play instruments so i'm not when it comes to music i'm not i am not musically inclined when it comes to that kind of thing like i tried playing guitar and I just fucking suck at it and i gave up i'm sure if i really devoted a shit ton of time to it i could but i just don't have the I don't have that drive sure. for some reason. Yeah, like, some people just don't give a fuck about it, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, but I would say this: like everybody likes to listen to music. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like if I were to compare it to one thing about like what I enjoy about writing about writing music is like like a chef that has devoted a lot of time to like learning how to do like a certain yeah. style of cuisine, mm-hmm. and they bust their ass and then get the shit out, and people enjoy it, and they kind of, you know, get their rocks off, and people are like, dude, that shit was fucking awesome, thank you yeah. so much, great night, you know? So it's kind of like that feeling, like, it's it's a lot of hard work, and like, playing oh, shows yeah. is hard work, like, you have to load up all your fucking gear, drive hours away, get paid nothing, mm-hmm. and for what, you know? And it, it, it's not any monetary value, it's just sentimental values. Right. You enjoy it, and you enjoy playing music, and... You enjoy watching people enjoy the shit that you created. Yep, and I, I totally, I, dude, I totally fucking understand that. And that's one <laughs> thing with uh, when it comes to me and what I'm trying to do with this podcast and stuff, and uh, whatever videos we're making when we're on the range, or even when it comes to hunting videos. If we start doing hunting videos someday, a lot of people like to give the outdoor community and hunting and shoot and like shooting and stuff when people make videos and put them out there on the internet for everyone to see there's a lot of fucking criti- people criticizing it mm-hmm. and you know i guess right i guess it is what it is you're always gonna have it whenever whenever you put yourself out there for the pub for the public eye to critique they're going to mm-hmm. same with music yeah. but we all do it because i mean selfishly because it does make you feel good when people come up and say hey dude that fucking song was a banger that mm-hmm. was fucking awesome same with like hunting and why i like to post a lot of shit when it comes to hunting and shooting and stuff when people come up and say dude fucking nice job like, that was a nice buck like good job like hey this is that was awesome or hey that video fucking ruled like really good job um being like making that video and editing and whatever else especially with ashley when people compliment her on that it feels nice it feels nice when you put stuff out there for people to see and you get that positive feedback it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's, uh, I think it's just an, uh, a human thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where we enjoy being told, like, good job, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why you play shows. If you didn't, if you didn't like that, then you wouldn't play shows, right? Yeah, for sure. Like and I mean, it's, it's also kind of an innate, I guess, uh, mechanism in our brains as, you know, tribal social animals is that. Uh, like if you can prove that you can provide value to society, it makes you feel good. Yeah. Right. I think it's, I think it's, it is a nice thing. I think when people get told a good job or whatever else, it is a pretty powerful driver in society to do things. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause if, if musicians only made music because, because they liked it, then they would never play shows. Like I think playing shows is part of, Wanting to put yourself out there and just see if what you're making is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, creating a community of like-minded people. Yeah. You know, and yep. it's nice to be around like-minded people. Yeah, it is. 
That is very true. Especially, it's getting more and more like that every day, you know, with <laughs> people yeah. are getting, people are just generally getting more tribal. And that's why, like, with me talking to you, I always, I give you a hard time sometimes about not going hunting with me and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, let's go hunting. Like, come on. You, yeah, s- you want to me do to it. feel it's the joy that you awesome. get from it. Yeah, I want yeah. you to feel the joy I get from it. Right. It's the same way when you're trying to get me to um, be in the band. Mm-hmm. Like, you want me to um, be in the, be a, vote, be your vocalist and stuff. I'm like, dude. I don't know. I for one, I am I'm, I'm a terrible songwriter. I think so. And for two, I it's cool. Like I really respect you for what you do in mm-hmm. in music and everything else. And that's your passion. That's fucking a badass. But it's like I look at that the same way you look at hunting. I guess. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because you don't hate hunting. No. You used to do it, and you're like, yeah, fucking I respect it. Cool, man. Yeah, it's cool. But it's just not something you want to devote your time and energy to do all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have so much time and energy and I kind of prioritize the things that I guess add to my energy and take away from my time. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. No, hundred <laughs> so. percent. And that's exactly how I felt with music. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not good at this and I also don't really want to devote the time to get good at it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so. you have to, I mean, you're a performer, you know, you're putting yourself in front of people at the risk of absolute humiliation. Right. That's- I've been in those situations. Mm-hmm. You know, we go playing a show in wisconsin and fucking kill it and then we come back to like des moines iowa and just eat fucking shit (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like hardly anybody shows up yeah the people that do show up don't give a fuck about death metal Mm -hmm. you know they just it's like playing some fucking dive bar and like some like 10 miles north of des moines you know during a blizzard right sucks but you know sometimes you have to do it you have to take that fucking risk Uh sometimes you eat shit and sometimes you fucking don't yep yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, I keep correlating the same as what I'm trying to do with this this podcast and this platform that I'm trying to build here. It's like I'm trying to make you know make some at least somewhat entertaining videos and at least somewhat informational. Like if someone can get something informational from this podcast or the videos I'm starting to put out, then that's great. But at minimum, I want to be entertaining to a certain extent sure. where people want to tune in because I think it's very important. Same with music, like. I think number one priority with music and anything we do when it's out there for the world to see, whether you're making videos or doing a podcast or making music, the number one thing is entertainment. If you're not entertaining, if you're not having fun with it and entertaining people, then no one's really going to listen, even if your message is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So like that makes people engaged and that makes them want to dig deeper and learn more and actually maybe um, digest some of the message you're putting out into the world you know right yeah so i mean you can get you can get pretty far with being purely entertaining and not even having a message but if you do have like a certain message that you're trying to put across to you then i think it's equally as important to be at least somewhat entertaining so yeah <clears throat> so I, I try not to take myself too seriously oh no I dude yeah for like sure that, no dude. i think that people that take themselves too seriously are fucking annoying yeah you become a dweeb and also they, you become an easy target for criticism too yeah, for sure. You know, and that, when you put yourself out there as the subject matter expert, which I never try to do, mm-hmm. I'm not the fucking a subject matter expert in really anything. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, but I'm not like an expert. And I would be scared to say that I'm the expert in any one field because then everyone's going to look to you for the answers to everything. And when you falter, then you're criticized beyond belief. Oh yeah, for sure. So I mean. Well, just our last podcast. I got my first bad review. 
on this podcast. Someone yeah. rated, someone rated the Victory Drive a three star, and I put it on Instagram and stuff. But it's like, hey, three's still pretty good, though. I mean, that's better that's than above 50, average. Right? Six is like better than fifty percent. You know, well, out of five stars, it was yeah. It's either going to be the below average sixty percent. No, yeah, there's no middle average. There's no fifty percent in a five star. Review. Well, he could have gave it a two if he, he really hated it. Could have gave it a two, yeah, but he, he likes the podcast. I think he gave it a three. Purely because we're veterans. Yeah. And since the thing that he did not like and the reason why he rated it a three is because <clears throat> we were talking about in that specific episode about we were talking about World War II vets for, uh, and uh, current war vets. Yeah. And we weren't saying, I don't think we were. Do you remember us saying that we had a harder than World War II vets or Vietnam vets? No. I think we explicitly said that we're not taking away the intensity of the violence that they encountered. Yeah. Because I, their intent, the intensity of their fighting was miles ahead of what we did in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. I fucking went back and listened to a bunch of it. Because I was like, I don't think this guy was really fully listening. Because we were, we were talking about the suicide rates and why the suicide rates in today's veterans are is so high. And I don't know. I didn't look at any statistics of suicide rates in World War II. But I feel like they're higher now. And I, th- we we're just trying to, we we're just thinking out loud. Yeah. And when people, th- when we're, when we're thinking out loud, we might be wrong on some things or we might say some things that come off, come off different than what we meant. Sure. But we're trying to work things out in real time. Right. And this fucking guy was very upset that we yeah. even had World War II and Vietnam vets in the same fucking conversation as current <clears throat> war vets. But I will say, I mean, it's the longest war of American history. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. is one thing. So I don't know. I, I just I feel like that was an unfair attack. Now I'm here talking <laughs> about it on the guys because I, I don't know. I just need to block it out. But I'm like, man, for I could understand someone gave me a three star, or even a one star, if they're like, yeah, this guy, this guy is just a douchebag. Jake's just Jake's a fucking loser, and his brother sucks ass too. So <laughs> that's why I gave it a two star. I would understand that. Like, okay, he doesn't like me. That's fine. But since he since that guy gave me a three star review because of one, what was it? Maybe ten minutes. Well, he he mischaracterized the statement one hundred percent, and like, I think it was it was just got what we said got lost in translation because we can be a little bit um, direct or harsh right. about things that we say. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I get it. We get it from our dad. <laughs> Love you, pop. <laughs> Um, but like we're that just, motherfucker we're, listens like every episode too. Good. So. <laughs> I mean, we're we're directing to the point, and that's not a fault. It can be a fault, but it, it's not. We can be direct to a fault, I guess, if that makes sense. Yep. It's not a bad thing. No, we're not fake. We're not phony people. I mean, we 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 call we call shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't think we can be fake because we there's nothing to be fake about. <laughs> no, like, there's. I'm. I mean, still like I don't know. It. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. Mean to no, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. To clear up the fog to mm-hmm. anybody listening, OEF vets did not witness the intensity of fighting that World War II and Vietnam vets did. Because he was very adamant on the Vietnam vet thing. Yeah, people think, getting skinned alive and stuff. I get that. Well, I don't... And to speak on that, I think he gets a lot of his information from Hollywood. Oh, for sure. Um I don't I mean, think I mean, a... Were there people skinned alive in Vietnam? Sure. Yeah. But I think he might have gotten that scene from Predator when they were in Colombia and thought that was Vietnam because it was a jungle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
<laughs> that'd be fucking hilarious if he was getting his information on World War II and Vietnam from the from like the movie Predator and fucking I don't know what is there oh, maybe World Platoon or something. Platoon? I mean, yeah. I don't think there were people skinned alive in Platoon. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure there were. I think I remember sure hearing that, that people in Vietnam there were guys in Vietnam that were skinned alive. I'm well, sure. there was a dude that started himself on fire and shit. Yeah. But I think that was actually in America. I think that was a Buddhist monk protesting the Vietnam War. But... Oh, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, yes. World War II, Vietnam were... was much, much was harsher. Terrible. Much harsher than what we had to go through. Oh, for sure. But the thing is, the constant redeployment and deployment, that, I think, does fuck with people. Oh, yeah. Going in and out of combat, coming home and having to adjust, and then going back out and having to adjust, and then coming back home and having to adjust. That constant readjustment... It fucks with your psyche a little bit, I think. I, I think. And also just the fact that um, when suicide starts compounding, that also fucks with people. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a different war and it's hard. You can't compare. It's apples to oranges, man. Um, World War II was a fully conventional war, right? So World War II and Vietnam were completely different the way they were fought, too. Because Vietnam was a quasi conventional war, right? Like it's more unconventional and conventional but what we were fighting in the war on terror is a hundred percent unconventional mm-hmm. like is there there was no uh there's no uniformed military that we were that we were fighting it was absolute guerrilla warfare absolute guerrilla warfare so it's just different you can't compare the two we were just trying to bring to light the veteran issues suicide rates and kind of trying to sift out why i guess so yeah and he really in that review really laid claim to the fact that we are claiming that we personally endured worse things than the past war veterans, and which is also not even the case. We didn't even endure the worst things of like what people in the current war endure. Yeah, I mean, there's a like I said in the last episode, and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but like we have friends that deployed five, six fucking times mm-hmm. to combat zones. Yeah, heavy fighting every yep. time. Yep, and that shit does fuck with your head. Mm-hmm. And also, I think, you know, adding in the fact that, like, we're a 100% volunteer uh, military. Yeah. That a lot of people wa- signed up strictly to go to combat to prove their worth, and then they come back, and they feel worthless. Mm-hmm. So that kind of adds the whole fucking, I'm worthless, I'm only worth something in combat, and I can't go back in the military because I'm collecting disability now. And it's like, well, I'm just going to blow my fucking head off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was talking to... I kind of touched on this with Jeremy um, in the last episode. And I really do think that uh, that um, I don't know. when What the fuck was I going on here? What the fuck? I, I completely lost my train of thought there. Holy Talking shit. to Jeremy about... Holy shit, dude. I'm dumb as hell. Um <laughs> No, we were talking. I was talking to Jeremy about like su- like the suicide rates and all that stuff. And oh my goodness, I'm fucking stupid. Go on, Vern. Keep going. What were we talking about? Oh uh, yeah, we're just talking about the bad review. But yeah, um, yeah. No, I just think that he. Oh got, shit! I, I got it now. Sorry. No, you could, go ahead. But uh, I think in that episode too. Uh, this is actually off. Not what I was trying to go for, but I'm going to go on anyways. Um, I think in that episode didn't I didn't I talk about the Vietnam vet? I, Vietnam vet I had a conversation with at the airport? I don't think so. Okay. Well, here's another thing. I I had a... When I was coming back home on leave from Afghanistan, 
I was in the airport and I, we had a, I was waiting for my family to come pick me up and I was sitting in the airport waiting and I was in uniform. So we had a, on, when you're going on leave, you have to travel in uniform. Mm-hmm. So I was in uniform and I was talking to this guy. He came up to me. He's like, Hey, you know, thank you for your service. I'm like, Oh, thank you. And he's like, Oh, where, like, where are you flying to or whatever? I'm like, Oh, I'm flying back home and I'm on leave from Afghanistan. He's like, Oh my gosh, that, that's, that's crazy. Like, thank you so much. Like I feel, I really feel bad for you guys. I'm like, well, why? He's like, well, I was, I was in Vietnam. I'm like, Oh, okay. And he's like, and you guys have to carry a lot of shit. Like when we were in Vietnam, we just had our weapon and some ammo and a canteen on our belt. We don't have to carry all that extra bullshit. You guys got to carry, you guys have to wear armor and shit. He's like, that's crazy. I'm like, uh, yeah, but it's not near as crazy as I don't know, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having a big, long conversation <clears throat> and he ended up, I think we were having a milkshake or some shit. We were just sitting there talking and he he said he made he got there got to Vietnam as a private, um, made it all the way up to I think he was a platoon platoon sergeant within the first couple of months of him being there mm. because his whole platoon got wiped out and mm-hmm. became the senior leader of the platoon. And he's saying there he's sitting there saying I feel bad for you guys. I'm like, dude, you had it way worse than anyone I know. So. Like that's I don't know it's just one of those kind of crazy things. Like I'm not definitely not saying he should have felt sorry for us by any means because we didn't have to deal with the kind of shit he had to. But it's just different. That, that's what I was getting at with that story is that the two wars are completely fucking different, and we weren't trying to compare the two. No, we we're just trying sure. to compare, trying to figure out, kind of think out loud on why the suicide rate is so fucking high. And I oh yeah, and this is what I was talking to Jeremy Bond about. I'm sorry, I'm taking a long time. No, go for it, dude. When I was talking to Jeremy, I think when people, when guys get back home from the military, especially from war, it's hard to um, refocus on something new and feel the same amount of necessity, necessity, I guess, like feeling needed and feeling worth something. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in war, you're, you are needed, like your buddies need you. Everyone needs to be on point all the time in order to come back home and conduct each mission successfully and whatnot. So to be that turned on for such a long time and have that such such a close relationship with the guys that you're over there with, it is tough to come back home to nothing. Like, I shouldn't say nothing because a lot of guys have families and stuff, but it's just it's just different. The camaraderie is not there. You don't have your mm-hmm. your brother sitting there next to you fucking, you know, I don't, it's just completely different. You lose that camaraderie, you lose focus and you start getting in your own head and you start thinking about all the, and you start thinking and dwelling on all the bad times and all the hard times. And you're trying to look forward. You're trying to look into the future and look for something to you're trying to find something to look forward to when you're back home. And it's hard to look forward to going to fucking work every day yeah. and slugging it out in the day to day job. It's tough. It's mm-hmm. a really, it's really, really, really hard. It's a hard transition, and I know we both experienced it mm-hmm. when coming home and just being like, "Now what the fuck do I do?" Like no, really no direction. Just being like, "Good luck," you know. Mm-hmm. That the military does their best at with the transitioning program, trying to get you as set up as possible for a successful civilian career. Yep. But it's up to you ultimately. It's up to you. You can go home and sit on your fucking ass and not do shit. Yeah. Or you can go home and you can start working. You can start being, trying to be as productive as you can in society. But even when you do, like I got home and I fucking started working right away. 
but I had nothing really super. And honestly, like being coming home, being dad, which is what I ultimately wanted to do. That was hard as hell. Mm-hmm. It was hard coming home and being a dad and trying to figure that out because I spent so much time by myself and so much time away from my daughter and trying to figure out how to how to be a dad again was fucking super hard and trying and also being in severe amounts of debt and working all fucking day and coming home tired and maybe kind of cranky and ah, it's hard i can see i can Mm -hmm. see why you know oh yeah it's great you'd be i can see why it happens it's it's a tough transition but you got to find something that's where i fell into hunting and shooting and all this other stuff that kept me straight i guess kept me looking forward to something fun you know yeah definitely but i don't know i don't know how it was for you but it was hard. yeah no yeah coming back from afghanistan was a <clears throat> it was a, like a rough year after that i guess just kind of drinking all the time feeling like i did wasn't uh contributing like what i was in afghanistan and a lot of people don't know this about like being a mortarman but there is a lot of like there's a lot of pressure, you know, like you have to lob fucking high explosive rounds down range in support of, um, you know, fighting troops mm-hmm. and they have to, number one, they have to be accurate and mortars aren't super accurate. Right. <laughs> but like when I was doing all my fire missions in Afghanistan, like I fucking felt like a sense of relief when it was over. Cause I was like, you know, we didn't fucking kill anybody we, that didn't need to be killed and we killed the people that needed to be killed. Mm-hmm. And we fucking saved lives. You know, mm-hmm. like that feeling was just always there. It's like, we are here to fucking save people from getting overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know? So like, it was a good feeling, really good feeling. You don't get that over here. And I tried a bunch of different things. I went to like EMT school, got certified as an EMT that didn't scratch the itch in small town EMS yeah. world. It's mostly picking up old people from the fucking nursing home and taking them <laughs> to the hospital and having them shit all over your fucking ambulance. Right. <laughs> And I'm not, and somebody's going to misconstrue that statement that I think that EMTs are only old people fucking oh, chauffeurs. Yeah. And I don't think that. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think about small town EMS. I have nothing but absolute respect for first responders around here. You know, top notch professionals. They really are. Um, and they get a big sense out of, you know, really just helping the community. And they devoted their life to being to service mm-hmm. to their community. And that's great. But I was trying to get the adrenaline rush. You know, I did it for the wrong fucking reasons. That that was yeah. on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in hindsight, I probably should have, you know, thought that through. But whatever. Well, it's not that. It's not. I mean, you're not an EMT now. No. And you didn't pursue it because you realized that maybe this wasn't for you. But you have to keep trying. You have to find. You have to. You have to find something. It's not trial and error, man. And when you we when we first got back, like home for good, especially because after we got back from Afghanistan, we went. Uh, active, duty, active duty right away. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I shouldn't say right away. It's about year, a year later. About a year later, we went active. We were doing that for a while. Then we both got out around the same time. I think I got out what a year before you. Yeah, about close to two years. Close to two years. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and you were home because you're recruiting and stuff, but you weren't out of the army. You're still in the army. Yeah. Um, but getting out and not and not being retired that's a thing too. We we didn't retire, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we could have stayed in and fucking retired, I guess. It would have been a little bit easier because it wouldn't be so much stress trying to find a good job and stay up to date on bills and everything else. But we didn't want to. We wanted to get out, get home, and we did that. And it was just a tough, tough transition, um, job wise. I know I I 
I mean, I worked for the wind turbines the whole time, but I did jump. I jumped from site, from one site to another site. Then I changed uh, companies in wind and went to a different company. And then I ended there and now I'm working in town basically. But you kind of got to jump around a little bit, I think. As long as you're staying productive and everything else. I know you had a few jobs in between until you landed something that you really liked. But Mm -hmm. you kind of got to test the waters in a bunch of different places and find where you fit in. And that's tough to do in a small town, especially small town fucking Iowa when everyone's like, oh, what are you doing now? Oh, my gosh. That's like the fucking third job this this month. Yeah, a bunch, of, bunch ah. of bored people that try to focus on what everybody else is doing. It's like, yeah, just worry about yourself, buddy. Yep. And I know I, I get it. You worked at the same factory for the past 35 fucking years. I get it. You didn't jump around. You were stable. You're a stable, productive member of society. And that's great. And I'm happy for you. But that's not for everybody. No. Man, you know, I think <clears throat> that's not for everybody. I don't, I certainly don't want to stick myself and be like, yep, this is it. This is my life. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this until I can retire. And then once I retire, then I can enjoy life. It's like, motherfucker, I don't want to start living my life and enjoying my life at 65. Yeah. And you were talking about like retirement and shit. And like, I feel right now the job that I have is kind of like my retirement job <laughs> to a certain yeah. extent. Like, I'm not punching a fucking time clock. I mean, I have set hours that I should be there, but I don't have to be. But I like to make fucking money, and I enjoy my job, so I'm going to be there as much as I possibly can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can do this job until I die. Oh, yeah. I'm content doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's kind of what I want. I want a job. I want Or I want a career or a job that I don't need to fucking retire from, you know? Yeah. I want to be able to do... Maybe if I find something I can just do until I'm dead. Yep. That'd be fucking pretty badass. But yeah, I don't know. I, it, something, something about um, working a job they don't love and just being like, this is it. I, if I leave, like, there's nothing else better out there. I'm getting paid decent. I have good benefits and I have a family and all this other shit. By the time your kids grow up and move out, you're like, well, fuck, I only got like 15 years left until I um, retire. So I might as well just keep doing what I'm doing and keep it going. And you're... 65 67 years old and you're like all right now i can enjoy my life because i'm retired i'm getting that pension or um i have enough money in my 401k and i can just live off that and be be happy it's like dude you're almost dead though right you're all you're right in the cost like one false move you're fucking toast brother yeah i think the conventional uh like work life cycle is fucking broken and faulty and i think it only leads to depression (laughs) In my opinion, because it's like, yeah. I call it like the the World of Warcraft life model, <laughs> where it's like, you know, the that in World of Warcraft, there's a saying that the game doesn't start until level 70. Oh, it's yeah. It's like level 60 or level 70 or something like that. So you just grind mindlessly until you get to fucking the level that you can finally start like raiding and doing dun- Dude, like, that, big dungeons and stuff like that. I is that like, like a real thing? No, it's just something I just made up. I like that. That's fucking, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> but a lot of people do that. They're just like, no, I'm going to work here for like 30 fucking years from the, from 18 till almost 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go past that because they want to bank in that 401k big time yeah. and live high in their last 10, 20 years of life, mm-hmm. if that. But they don't realize that that fucking mindless grind is contributing to their life shortening significantly. Mm-hmm. Not just shortening, but like the quality of life is just fucking nil yeah you know and i don't know i tried the whole factory thing because like when i got out and then started barbering i was like oh i'm fucking you know nothing nobody doing fucking dog shit of this in this profession like i can't you know blah 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 
knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Um, but then I went and tried out like the whole factory thing. Yeah. Like, oh, so I, I don't fit into this fucking corporate structure here. Like, I don't know. It was the same way in the army, dude. I'm very fucking outspoken when shit's fucked up. Yeah, and that got me a lot of enemies in the army, but it also got me promoted fast and a lot for some fucking reason. Because like I always thought my superiors hated me because I was just like constantly calling out dumb shit. Well, but in the army, you might have been calling out dumb shit, but you were also making good decisions. Yeah, so you're like, well, fuck, he might be kind of a he might be <laughs> dude. Every single Step day, on his every, dick a little bit every, when he says says a lot of stuff. But every single day in the army, it was God, you're a mouthy motherfucker, aren't you? <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to be. I was just, do you want to know if shit's fucked up or not? Yeah. Because <laughs> I think you kind of need to know. I would like to know as a senior NCO or an officer. Well, and they did make us do a lot of dumb shit. They made us do a lot of shit in the army, especially when you're back in garrison. Fuck, that was hard. Well, my thing was like, so when I got promoted to E5 and thrown into a section chief or what is commonly known as like a squad leader position. Yep. Um, if I couldn't, if they told me to do something. And I couldn't think in my head how to explain it to my soldiers that to make sense. Then I sat there with them and asked them until it made sense. Yeah. And it's like, they always say, do, just do what I say, you know, fucking uh-huh. don't ask why. And I ask why all the fucking time. Why the fuck are we out painting rocks? Why? <laughs> are there contractors rocks. for this shit? You actually painted rocks? We did in Korea. Golly. That makes no sense. Yeah. I never painted a rock. It was dumb. But I wasn't an NCO in Korea. I mean, technically I was, but I was a fucking corporal, dude. It doesn't yeah, count. Right. But yeah, like at Fort Bliss and shit, it's just like, that's fucking stupid and I'm not doing that. Yeah. Do you understand? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I got to a lot of enemies, but that's what happens when you have shit bag leadership. That's true. You get a target on you. I'll but once you get brutal. good leadership, once you get, once you get good leadership though, they recognize that shit. And it's like, For sure. nobody wants a fucking yes man as an NCO. Especially in nope. in a position where you could potentially go to combat with a person like that. Yeah. I feel like it being an artillery, there's a lot more yes-men than anything else. Because they're all career-minded, oriented. Ooh, if I fucking do all this dumb shit, I'm going to make fucking E7 in fucking 15 years. Even though those motherfuckers 
where E6s and 20 retires E6s, but right. whatever. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is that the corporate structure didn't work for me because I constantly asked why. It's like, does that make sense? No. Mm-hmm. Just fucking do it anyway. Okay, well, I'm going to fucking start putting my resume out there. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's, it, I don't know. Being a civilian was transitioning to be a civilian was really tough. And that was, I think, I think that's a big factor in why the suicide rate is so high, but we could also do a lot better job as a country to just not go to war so much. I think that'd also really help. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But no, I don't know. I, yeah, that little tangent is fucking, yeah, it's fueled by some dude leaving a, <laughs> a poor review on victory drive, but <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it was something that needed to be addressed because that did oh, yeah. it, it kind of, I shouldn't, I don't know. How should I say this? Rattled your cage a little. Rattled my cage a little bit because I'm like, dude, I don't remember doing that. Like that, I'm not saying you're lying, but I don't fucking, I don't think, I think you're mis, mis hearing what we were talking about. Yeah. I think, I think he's just, just simply triggered. The funny thing is, dude, there's a lot more things to be pissed off about in that episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. He went fucking kind of hard in the paint about gays. I was ready for the backlash. Dude, I was too. I was like, oh, shit. We went a little hard. There's a couple of things where I'm like, fuck, man. Like, that might, that might, <laughs> that might rile someone up. But no one even gave a damn about that. No, no one cared. That, but someone cared the, about uh, a subject that I, I don't think was even a thing. We yeah. never even said that. And I quote, especially Vietnam vets. Especially. But then, he's, but then, at the very end, he's like, "But I never served, and I think you, and thank you guys for your service." Yeah, obviously you never the served. Fuck? You don't understand what the fuck we're talking about. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay but. though. I think he just simply didn't understand what we were saying. No, I don't think so either. Which is fine. But I talked. To, I did get a lot of messages from other other people and other vets, and they're like, "Dude, I totally understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm like hell yeah. At least you guys get it. But that one guy didn't. <laughs> so." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. To that one guy, if you're still listening, dude, hey, man. I it's all good, it. man. I just think you you uh, you just didn't quite understand what we were saying. Yeah. I don't know who you were, who you are. I can see the fucking, your name, your like, little username on Apple Podcasts. But yeah, I just, yeah, I don't hate you. I appreciate you listening. Yeah. I really do. I appreciate everyone listening, even if you're, even if you don't like what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, I just don't think you were fully understanding what the fuck we were talking about, and that's okay. Yeah. And you know what? I'll sit down with World War II and Vietnam vets and talk shit to them. Because they'll talk shit back. There you go. You know, it'll just, it'll just be a... It's a it, it's ball busting, you, dude. If you can't fucking ball bust, then you were never in no. combat arms. But we weren't least. even ball busting or nothing. No, we were just we talking, dude. We were in ball busting shit. I know. <laughs> we have uh, two uncles. Well, one's not around anymore, but yeah. you know that we're... In the army for twenty fucking years, one served in Bosnia, saw a little bit of combat. The other, Desert Storm. Yeah, I'll talk shit to them too. Mm-hmm. All day, dude. <laughs> All fucking day, dude. Yeah, and they're both combat guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cav guy and a fucking fo. Yep. Yep. But no, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm not gonna fucking sit here and spend an hour and a half on this one dude. No, it's but all good. Just you know, guys. If you have, if I say something fucked up, which I'm bound to say, and I know Jordan is too. Jordan's. Definitely bound to say some fucked up shit, yeah. but <laughs> I hold back. I hold back. You I do. hold my punches. I, I know. I can tell. I didn't drop an M bomb. It's true. We don't want to do that. Because no. that will get. I'll do it. That will. No, want me I, do it. No, <laughs> no, don't do it. I won't. I won't. I, but, I don't drop M bombs. No. no, but it's just yeah. I don't know. Fucking. If you have, if I, if, oh yeah, that's what I was getting. At. If we're, if we say something fucked up, just message me and say, hey, dude. 
uh, I think you're wrong on this point. Yeah. I did, I'll, I'll address that as well. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I did get that fucking wrong. Or you know or what? Or explain why I said that what I said. Or you know what? Leave a bad review. Go for it. Do it. Fuck you. This isn't your podcast. <laughs> you're saying that because this ain't even your podcast. No, look. Okay. As a person that this is not my podcast, when I go look at podcast reviews, yeah. if I see a perfect 5.0 and like, let's say perfect 5.0, uh, 40 reviews, right? They're all 5.0s. Then it's like, okay. Like those, that's their friends dropping reviews. Like, this is you literally, know, li- literally my podcast, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you have a negative one now. You're, you're not... It still says 5.0, though. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and it's also a young podcast. But if I'm listening to like a podcast that's been around for like five years, right? And it's all perfect 5.0s, I'm suspect of that. Because it's like they're not rating it objectively. You're going to have some bad ones. Let me tell you something, Jordan. It happens. In podcast land, yes, I understand what you're saying. But if you have... If I... If, I, if, this, if this podcast drops all the way down to having a fucking a 2.9 star rating... Well, that's bad. That's because the majority are rating at 2.9. Yeah. But if the majority are rating 5.0, but there's a random 3, 4, 2... No, I get what you're saying. Then I do. That means they're rating it objectively, so it's objectively good. Right. I would rather see something with like a 1,000 reviews with like a 4.8 mm-hmm. rather than 40 reviews with 5.0. You know what I, I know, mean? and that's what I'm, it, that's one thing that's really hard is to get people to leave reviews. It's battle tr- scars, dude. Yeah, I tr- well, I, and I try to, you know, trying to get people to leave good reviews is definitely more preferred. All right, I, I know of what course, you're saying, of course, but I don't want people being like, "Hey, great, great podcast," but then rate it three star. You know, you fucking. But that um, when it comes to podcasts and you know Spotify and Apple and all that shit, they all have algorithms algorithms built in. If you have a fucking a shitty rating, then you don't you don't get noticed as much. That's for sure. So I'd much rather everyone leave good reviews because I'm selfish. I want to have a good a good podcast. But if you want to see anything different, just let me know. And if I get something fucked up, let me know. I'm not saying don't let me know. I'm just saying if or if you if you truly just if you truly don't like me, you're like that. Yeah, this guy's a fucking douche canoe. Okay, I get it. I have a confession. Then leave a bad one. What? You left me a fucking that was that was me that left that review. Yeah! <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah! I'm also kidding. That wasn't me. My own brother <laughs> stabbed me in the back. Wouldn't it be funny though? If you I did son that? of a bitch! That would, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> now you're gonna go on there and leave a bad review. No, I'm not. You leave me a three star. I'm like, hey, I was just on the podcast, and you are gay. <laughs> just saying. No, and if I thought this was a bad podcast, I wouldn't come on as much as I do. I know. Well, that and yes. You are much more convenient than some people, and you're not going to stand me up. So that's nice. No. <laughs> and whoever does can go fuck himself. Yeah. Fuck you guys. No, but I do. I do. I do appreciate you coming on so many so much, Jordan. And I do want to say before we get out of here, um, we do have a USPSA competition coming up. Oh, we're yeah. actually going to do it. Oh yeah. Have you signed up yet? No, I'll you, probably sign up tomorrow. I haven't either. There's 38 spots up. left, so I yeah. think we're good for now. It's not for another two weeks. And yeah. they're only doing one division now. What? They're only doing one division now. What do you mean? It's a single There's... division competition now. What the fuck? Is just any, anyone's welcome? No, I I don't really know the specifics on it, but I did see that it's only one division. And that it's like a, it's a level one competition instead of like a level whatever the fuck. I'm not super privy on the rules of the USPSA because I've never yeah. shot a USPSA competition before. Yeah. But it'll be a learning experience, dude. 
yeah, go there and see what the fuck is going on because I've I've never done one either, and I'm really excited to try and see what it's all about. So you're saying that this is a level one? I'm assuming that they're only going to be running production. Oh, or limited? I don't know. I so guess, is it all a bunch of newcomers, a bunch of fucking newbies going there? Pretty much. Or they just haven't had enough people sign up for the other divisions, so they can't competitively put, like, a pool of people against each other mm-hmm. in, like, let's say, optics or oh, sure. unlimited, things like that. Open. Yeah, open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm excited for it, though. Even if, you know, there's pro- I, mean, I just don't want to get last. I don't give a fuck if I get last. The way I was shooting today, I think. That's true. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah, we did go out and we shot. Um, we did a little film in action. Uh, shot a shot a few guns, and yeah, we did. We need to shoot a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. We need to shoot a little bit more. I definitely need to shoot some more. I need to get this a fucking optic in my thirty out six and shoot rifles a little bit more. I want. I just want to be. I want to be good with my hunting rifle. I want to be very proficient with that, and I want to be. I, I really am really enjoying handgun shooting, dude. Honestly, it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. It's fucking a lot tougher. I, I, and I love shooting rifles and stuff, but it's one of those things like the tactical or tactical field is very full of people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in that field right now, especially on YouTube and stuff, which is great. I love it. I love all of it. It's really great. But I want to do something different. I want to be definitely more hunting focused and handgun focused. That's kind of where I want to put myself in. Obviously, I have enough experience being, you know, me and you both being in the military and having ex- enough experience with like uh, M4s and shooting that kind of stuff. And we've grow we shot a lot of ARs and everything else. But um, no, I'm just I'm really excited to see what the CSPSA competition is all about. I think it'd be a lot of fun, and it's a, a much lower bar of entry, mm-hmm. I think, to getting into because shooting fucking handguns is a lot cheaper than shooting rifles. Oh, for sure, it's a lot more accessible too. I mean, like we we're just shooting in your backyard. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I think it'd be kind of hard to like shoot an AR back there. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be it's hard, possible, but, it's but just... like it's just like the logistics of shooting rifles. Yeah. It's difficult. Like, you have to go to an actual, like, rifle range. It's a lot better. Yeah. For sure. But you don't, yeah, you don't need a lot of space for handguns. Yeah. You don't, you can, if you have a, if you only have, you know, 10, 15 yards available to you and a good backstop to stop the bullets, obviously. You have a good backstop and only have 10 to 15 yards to spare. That's perfect. Like, that's, you can do a lot with 10 to 15 yards. You don't need to shoot handguns out to fucking 50 and 75 and 100 yards. No. I know. I know 50's, like, 50's hard. It's with hard a nine mil. I know, like, Honest Outlaw, he does it all the time in his little videos and stuff. He's like, let's see what does a 50. You know, whatever. But you don't need that. You can do a lot with 10 yards and handgun. Yeah, 10 10 to 20. 20 Mm -hmm. stretching it, too. Yeah. I mean, getting shots at 20 is, it's not impossible, obviously. Obviously. It's actually pretty, it's pretty simple. Well, and even shooting 50 yards is very doable with a handgun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard. Okay. I see what you're saying. With a rifle, with an AR-15, it's easy. very easy. <laughs> it's extremely very easy. Yeah. Out to 100, it's very easy. Like an, well, I don't know, 300's pretty tough, but not. That's I guess I would say shooting 300 yards with your AR-15 is about the same difficulty as shooting 50, 75 yards with a handgun, probably. Oh, um, no, I'd say 300 yards with like an AR-15 is a lot easier than 50 yards with a 9 mil. I'd say it's comparable to like twenty yards. 
personally, hmm. I think. I, don't know. I guess if you if you talk if you're looking group wise, like if you're shooting an AR at 300 yards and you shoot a five round group, mm-hmm. that group would be more yeah, consistent. Equivalent, equivalent, yeah, it'd be about equivalent to fucking yeah, probably 40 50 yards the handgun. I don't know. I think I think less, shooting uh, 50 yards from the handgun's fucking hard. Yeah, I did it. I haven't done it for a long time. I did it last summer because I was trying to do the Elijah Dickens scenario. Oh yeah. It's fucking hard, dude. <laughs> like we should shoot. They get all over, and it's like, I but it's not that hard with the pistol caliber carbine. Like it's not the caliber; it's just strictly from being like a handheld. Oh yeah, a handheld a platform versus like a shoulder fired. You have no support. Yeah, you have your hands. That's it. When you have a uh, butt stock, it's a lot. It makes things a lot more. It makes it a lot easier to hold on target for sure. Yeah, we should fucking get some steel and just walk it out. Actually, did this competition with uh, the department after like quals and shit. They, I think, I don't know what yards they started at, but then they would walk back like five yards each increment and get one shot. Ting. You take um, five yards a step, walk five yards back, shoot again, and whoever misses fucking gets kicked out. Kind of like peg with basketball. Yeah. We should do that. That'd be fun. For sure. Definitely do that. We need some steel, though. I really want some steel, some steel targets up out there. Yeah, steel's cool. It's really cool, Jordan. But all right, you need to get out of here. Yeah, soon. Fucking yep. son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking come on here and start saying like, oh yeah, I can only do an hour. We're going to be here for three fucking hours, Jordan, all right? <laughs> this is Joe Rogan experience. It's going to be the Jacob Johnson experience. I'm going to fucking lock you down in that chair. I'm not ready for that. You piss your pants. Shh. Piss your pants right now! <laughs> I'm gonna piss on you, fool. Hey, you motherfucker, you can't hit me from over there. There's a table in the way. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, that's true, though. You did see the way I was shooting today. I can't hit shit. You can hit shit. You just, you're a little crusty. Yeah, a little rusty. You, you know what we need to do is keep training over the fucking winter. That's what always oh, fucks yeah. us up. I know. And there's indoor For ranges. Sure. We just shoot out here, too. Fucking yeah, tough enough, dude. Cold. Yeah. Don't be a bitch. Well, you know. I was being a bitch all winter last winter, dude. I didn't want to, I didn't shoot my fucking bow. I didn't shoot barely any any guns. I shot a few handguns and stuff. I had Matt Hoynes coming from South Dakota. He works for Sanser Central. And we shot some. But, man, it was so fucking cold that day that it was, it was short-lived. It sucks. Sucks ass, dude. Being cold sucks. I fucking hate being cold. Oh, shit. Ugh. I'll take the heat any day of the week. Well, you know what? I wouldn't. Depends on the heat, man. I can I can tolerate it, dude. I don't know. It's weird. I couldn't live in like, El Paso. Heat was not. It was hot as fuck. But I could I could handle that because it's like a drier heat and it's whatever. But like Florida, where it's a thousand percent humidity and a hundred and fifty five degrees. I don't know. Yeah, but I could go and shoot guns out in that shit though. Mm-mm. I couldn't shoot guns in fucking negative fifteen. I couldn't shoot guns in that much humidity and that high heat. No, I think I'd fucking melt into a puddle. (laughs) I'd rather shoot cold. Honestly, I'd rather shoot cold than be in that kind of heat. Not me. The swamp heat, dude. Dude, I just throw a wife beater on. The fucking swamp heat, dude. The fucking kid me. You can deal a swamp ass, bro. Fucking baby pop. Ugh, you. But you have to wear fucking gloves and shit. Mosquitoes the size of your face. I don't know if they. I don't know if they have those down there, but. If we're near the ocean, like northern Florida would suck balls. But like Miami, hell yeah. 
Sign me up. Yeah, I went to Miami in uh, I think it was like July. It was hot. It was July? As fuck. Yeah. It was, I mean, it really wasn't even that hot. It was just humid. Thing is, though, dude, you go down in the ocean, it's like the air conditioner. Like, the ocean? Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, the ocean breeze is nice. Yeah. Like you the sit Northern... right by the ocean and like all that fucking ocean breeze comes up. It's literally like an air conditioner. Yeah. As soon as you walk away from it, it's like, ew. <laughs> Yeah. But like all the windows were all fucking like fogged up from the humidity and shit outside. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, we went there during a hurricane. It got degraded to a tropical storm where we were at, but there was a hurricane on like the Gulf side and shit. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, no. It's we flew vacation. in there and we saw it on the news like, oh, fucking hurricane, blah, 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 is coming through Florida starting in Miami. That's where we went, it was Miami. God and, bless uh, it. We landed. Blue skies, clear skies, beautiful. Landed, the whole time? Went, got into our Uber. As soon as we got into our Uber, it fucking poured. Oh, how long? Uh, two days. God, how long were you there for? Four days. Pfft, half your trip? Just fucked. Yeah. But it was so cool. I mean, we stayed in a resort, so like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like pouring the entire time. It was like gray and overcast and shit, but like we could still go hang out and go to the pool and stuff. Was it all inclusive? No. Ugh. Had to pay for everything, and it was not cheap, but mm. I mean, it had good food. It had a yeah. private beach and shit like that, so when it got nice out, like, the last two days, it was really nice. Do you know what we should do? We should go on a family vacation to, like, Mexico, all-inclusive, yeah. and just fucking ball out, dude. Be sick. <laughs> be super sick. We should do a family vacation to Germany. So, I don't think they have... Do they have any all-inclusive resorts in Germany? No. <laughs> but actually, uh, we're going to nowhere land pretty quick with this, but... uh Norland? <laughs> nowhere land. Oh, nowhere land. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually thinking about doing like a winter vacation to like Montana or some shit. Do some snowboarding. Oh. Hell yeah. Or like Wyoming or something. Uh-huh. 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 We need to go to... You need to come with me elk hunting one time. You don't need a fucking right. hunt. Just come with me. Okay. You'd love it, dude. You'd fucking love well, it. Well, I don't want to get eaten by a bear. <laughs> you won't. You obviously know I can't shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> you will. You'll be fine. All right. We'll be fine. You'd love it, dude. It'd be great. Yeah. It'd be a good time. It's beautiful out there. No, yeah. I, the I, I think it would be fun to just go see it. Love mountains. Sure. They're cool. In September. Have to go fucking sit in a goddamn tree stand for fucking like three days. And... No, dude. I'll cut and we're fucking walking around and shit. Okay. Hiking around. It wouldn't be bad. Yeah. You just gotta, I mean, you're, we're camping out there and stuff, so. It's that. But camp is cool. It's cool. You'd love it. I, I know you would. I know I know you're not big into hunting, but if you came out with me elk hunting one time, just to be out there. I think you'd like it, Jordan. I think you'd like being out there. So Okay, well, we'll get out of here. Jordan's gotta go. He's gotta fucking make supper or something. So <laughs> No, I don't. Gotta, I don't. Uh, what do you gotta All do? Right. What do you gotta do? Tell people Drink beer, doing. play Diablo 4, fuck my wife. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. If you guys want to um, leave me good reviews, you can do that on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast from. I'd really, really appreciate it. And also, if you want to fucking hit me up, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. I'm not huge. I'm not super active on Facebook because I do think Facebook's kind of gay. For boomers, dude. It's for boomers. But I'm on the gram. Yeah, the gram's the bomb. Yeah. What do you want, Jordan? I'm on the gram. What's your thing? Oh, shit. 
I don't remember. I think it's Jordan. It's so insignificant because I'm not, I'm not like a creative guy on the gram. I just share memes. Yeah. Well, you put some haircut and stuff on there. I think you it's, put uh, more hair. I think it's Jordan dot Johnson 87 or yeah. something like that. You put more haircut and stuff on there and more shooting stuff. I would. Here's why I don't. Okay, and I'll be completely transparent. I don't because I talk a lot of shit on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like oh, random yeah. posts. I'll get like a random barber post or something of somebody that shares like this new technique and be like, that is fucking dog shit. <laughs> I can tell you motherfuckers don't make money. I can tell you're not cutting 20 heads a fucking day because you're filming this stupid video with this technique that would take three fucking hours. <laughs> and I don't want somebody to go on my shit and be like, oh, you're fucking talking. Don't throw rocks and glass ceilings, blah, blah, You know what I mean? Oh, what? What's that? If they come and look at my shit, then it's just that, like. What was that saying you just said? Don't throw rocks with uh, glass walls or whatever it is. Oh. Like, you I've never heard that. Like, don't talk shit when people can see that you are shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I know yeah. I'm not shit, but I feel like I'm shit sometimes. So, yeah. and it's an easy thing. People just do that to talk shit. And I like to talk mm. shit. So, talking shit is fun. I just want people to talk shit on my Instagram, not on my reviews. Because I do. Well, I'd really like to keep my 5.0. If it drops to 4.8, that'd be fine. I wouldn't. That'd be all right. But I just really don't want. I'm nervous that sometime, some, somewhere down the line, I'm nervous that someone's just going to review bomb me and just tank my shit. And then Kurt's going to fire me and say, sorry, dude, you had your chance, but fuck off. Because <laughs> you have really better reviews and there's no coming back from this. So I don't want that to happen. So well, the, the good, more the good, five stars we have, then when I do get review bombed by a bunch of fucking people that hate me, then it'll be able to soak it up and I might be able to average out and still like do, be able to do this. Well, the good thing is that you have enough of a niche audience that actually enjoy your content that you won't get review bombed. Thanks, man. But what if some fucking, uh, you know, some gay group listened to our last episode and they're like, whoa, 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 let's get all of our fucking, our, all of our friends. All the yeah. little gay friends together and review bomb this podcast because they're making fun of... We, we weren't even making fun of gays. And I think the gays would appreciate it. It's the trannies. Let's face it. They're the ones that would cause this uprising. It's not even the trannies that would cause the uprising. It's the fucking... The white women, dude. Yeah, you know what? You got a point because most trannies are... A lot of our trannies are autistic. So they would... What yeah, do it. <laughs> but the, yeah, the the white they the white women insults. that the white women that um aren't doing much and they're like, hey, let's listen to this gun podcast and see what's up with it. Oh my god, they're talking about fucking gays being weird and trains being weird. That's not nice, dude. So they, got, they get all their little suburban friends together and they review bomb us, bro. I got fucking doxed by a goddamn middle aged white woman on Facebook. Doxed. Yeah, big time. What'd I had, you do? I had to fucking you, report it to oh, Facebook. Like a goddamn I know what you're Karen. talking about. Fucking old, old girl? Yeah, the VA post. <laughs> so the Veterans <laughs> Affairs posted <laughs> veterans. I don't think I shared this on the no, cast today. Uh-uh. So Veterans Affairs posted is a heavy set lady, <laughs> bunch of tattoos, kind of like, I think it was like purple hair. And like, I can't remember what it said. I was just commenting on the Just photo. a fat pig. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you said it, I didn't. Uh, and what I said was is a little jokey joke, and a lot of people had, got a lot of laugh reacts. Uh, I said, "Oh, I see the VA is accepting dependents now." And people <laughs> listening that don't understand that dependents are the big joke in at least the army, and I know the Marine Corps too, is that the dependipotamus is a heavy set woman that generally doesn't have a whole lot going on in life. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the joke. Yeah, they they don't they don't work. They sit at home and take care of the home, but the home is filthy and trashed. Mm-hmm. And 
They don't do shit. Stay, their whole thing is they want to stay home and take care of the family because like they get free benefits from the military and the uh, and the soldier makes good enough money where she can just stay home and not do shit. But then you get to their house. Maybe they have you over. For, maybe they have you over for supper, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, let's go over for supper." And you have this fucking dependent upon them sitting there, and the house is trash. Bunch kids, of fucking right. kids and trash and dogs and cats and just trash and like, just disgusting. That's a dependent upon them. Mm-hmm. Someone that literally doesn't do dog shit. Yeah, and this lady, a spouse like, that doesn't do dog shit. Yeah, yeah. But I got, I got. They generally look like what you were saying. So. Yeah. If I were, I guess, to describe it, it'd be similar to like a, a whale in captivity. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, like, uh, yeah. Sad. That, that sad, comment sad, on Facebook, got fucking... a, dude. The Dependas came out on me. They came on the you. Dependum, <laughs> the Dependum, the Dependum Mafia. <laughs> the Mafia came all over you. Came all over the Bukaki. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. Ugh. But, you know, That's they came the in, worst kind. They, it was, I don't know if there's like a Dependopotamus fucking army out there or something. That they have like a secret Facebook group that they like rally their troops or something. I think but there so. was a bunch of them. They're like, oh, when, when I got out of the army, I gained a bunch of weight. And it showed like some lady posted like her fat ass pic as a seaburn specialist, like fucking... <laughs> In uniform, bulging, looked like a fucking, like a roll of biscuits, dude. B O B B, belly over belt buckle. Yeah, and I had so much that I wanted to say, but I didn't because this one lady came on there and fucking posted uh, my name, my business, uh, my home address, my personal phone number, all sorts of shit, and she's like. Let's fucking let this guy know that this shit cannot stand, ladies. What? <laughs> yeah. And she texted me. She texted you and said, yeah. hey, I'm the fat sow that fucking doxed you? No, what she said was, hey, fat ass, maybe your pro- profile shouldn't be public. She said that to you? Yeah. She called you a fat ass? She called me a fat ass. Wasn't she fat? No. Oh. Not really. She's old. She's oh. like probably in her 50s. Oh, so she's just, she was just a bored bitch. Yeah. Mm. So I didn't say anything. I just blocked her and then fucking reported the thing on Facebook because I didn't want a fucking army of dependents coming after me, dude. No, I don't blame you, dude. And not just me. Like, honestly, I wouldn't have done anything. I would have actually leaned into it and talked a bunch of shit if I wasn't concerned for, like, my wife and stuff. Well, the problem is that no one can take a fucking joke. It was a joke <laughs> on Facebook, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck? And yeah, like well, there's a bunch of people on there. It's like, oh, why wouldn't? They? Why? What is okay? There's wait. a bunch of like older ladies that were like, oh, I bet Billy Badass fucking did a bullshit fucking tour in the army and okay. fucking didn't even do anything. It's like valid. It's like okay, well, I can show you my DD two fourteen yeah. and the shit that I got on there, but whatever. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's a valid like shit talking, I guess, thing. Where they're just talking shit. The doxing is the problem. Yeah, that's what I could have dealt with the shit talking. Right. That's what I mean. It, it, you, put, fucking, you put yourself out there for a funny, and you knew it was going to ra- maybe ra- uh, ruffle some feathers. Mm. But like them talking shit on you, even though they have no idea who you are and what you've done, that's fine. Yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the doxing stuff. Like That's crazy. Yeah. That bothered me. It really yeah. did. Kind of rattled my cage a little bit. That rattled my cage, too. I'd get pissed. I'd be like, yeah. fucking bitch. Thanks for ruining all the fun. I was getting ready to like fucking talk some more shit, and you're get, you guys are all getting ready to talk some more shit. It's about to be a really good time in here. But then you had a then fucking Jer, ugh, Jane fucking sassy pants over there decided to dox me and put my whole fucking shit out there. And yeah, okay. Maybe you shouldn't have had a public profile before you did that. But yeah. still, that's rude as hell. For sure. Some dependopotamus that can't take a fucking joke. 
Yeah, chill out. Any dude. veteran that saw that joke would be like, "Haha, nice." Or even like a, a level-headed dependent. Well, the thing is, too, that being a dependapotamus, not every spouse, not every military spouse is a, is a dependapotamus. No. Like if you pull your weight, whether you work or not. It's a specific title. Yeah. It's a specific title to a fucking uh, generally severely overweight woman. Yeah. Or man. Whatever spouse. Spouse. Severely overweight and doesn't do shit. Like they don't pull their weight. And they just complain and bitch and they're rude and they come to the FRG meetings all riled up and make shitty fucking food that gives the whole battalion fucking food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. Like, not good, dude. Yeah, that's, why I, that's why I never eat at FRG events. I'll never eat at FRG yeah. events. Yeah. They make it in their rat-infested fucking shit house on the base. <laughs> fucking, ugh. Yeah, dude. I had a soldier who had a dependapotamus and she would come in and... We had a first sergeant that told her to go fuck her, go fuck herself, which is nice. hilarious. But your first sergeant uh, is the shit, though. We had to go check out his house one time because, like, he was ratty, dude. And dude, there was human turds. I <laughs> yeah on the floor, dude. I found this. Where was that on the floor? Uh, there was one in the, in the kitchen, closet? and there was oh. one in the living room. So I went to this guy's house, and he was an NCO, mm-hmm. and we went there to help him move, and I found human. Fucking turds in his closet. He's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> like, these aren't dog turds. These are human shits in the Clean fucking your, closet. Clean your house, man. God. Dude, it's fucking Dude, like, disgusting. Well, my wife was a dependent all through my military career. Yeah. My house is spotless. And that's good because she's pulling her fucking weight. Exactly. The ones that leave human feces in closets and on kitchen floors, that's not pulling your weight. No. Hate to break it to you. And a lot of these dependent potomists have a lot of weight to pull. <laughs> Well, that's probably why they're not pulling their weight at home because they're, they're tired. They're tired from pulling their own physical weight around <laughs> and moving it from bed to kitchen and kitchen to bed. Yeah, being fat's one thing, but being like lazy and shitty to everybody, yeah. that's a whole other thing. And that's where dependent bottomists really comes mm-hmm. from. Dude, I I had this situation. Do you, do you have enough time? Yeah, quick story? You're okay, good. quick story time. Uh, I had this fucking situation. You have heard about it. I had this soldier, and he was older than me at the time. But he was my soldier. I was, a, I was an NCO. He joined the army a little, a little bit late. And uh, I was in charge of him, and he fucked up. So I, I yelled at him, and he started crying a little bit. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, stop doing this. Just fix yourself. Yeah. And that was the end of it. And then the next day, I walk. I, I had to go somewhere. I can't remember where the fuck I went. But I walked back into the um, battalion area, walking back to my battery, my battery area, walking through the hallway. Someone came walking by like, oh, Sergeant Johnson, fuck. Eek. I'm like, what? What? He's like, oh, you're, you'll find out when you get back. First time I want to talk to you. I'm like, what the fuck? What in the fuck did I do? So I get there. And I um, talk, start talking to my chief. He's like, hey, first time needs to talk to you. I'm like, it's not good. I'm like, what the, what the fuck did I do? Walk in the office and I see this soldier sitting there with his fucking wife, dude. I'm not fucking joking. This is crazy. This is how weird the army got towards the end. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there. I had to have a conversation with my first sergeant as a fucking, as a sergeant. And then I had to get yelled at by this fucking dependa. Yeah. She was just laying into me Fuck. and like saying how shitty I am and how toxic leadership. She's bringing up all the little buzzwords in the, in the yeah. army. Toxic, toxic leadership. You shouldn't have been treating my husband like this. Bah, 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 bah. Started yelling and yelling, yelling. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look at my first sergeant, he's just like, I don't know. And I look over, and I'm, like, I'm like, dude, do you have anything to say? I didn't say dude, I said his name, but I was like, do you have anything to say about this? He's like, I don't know. 
I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean for this to happen. I just, you know, she's very upset after I told her what happened and why I was in so much trouble. I'm like, why the fuck are you taking fucking orders for your goddamn wife? Like, why is she in here? I don't, I don't need to sit here and fucking listen to your fucking wife yell at me. She's a fucking civilian. Yeah. She shouldn't even be in here in the first fucking place. She shouldn't even be allowed. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this whole situation is fucking nuts. And by God, if I can do it, like, you are on my shit list now. Like, for sure. I won't yell I won't yell at you ever again. Guess what? I will never fucking yell at you again because of this. But you know what I will do? Every single time you fuck up, I'm going to write you up. I'm going to write you up. I'm going to give you a counseling statement. And you get three counseling statements and you get an article 15. I look over her. I'm like, would you rather your husband have his rank and pay taken away for every fucking mistake he makes from here on out? Because that's where it's going. Mm -hmm. I won't yell at him anymore. But I will take his fucking rank and pay next time I get the chance. Kicked out of the army without a severance package. And then your dependent fucking ass is going to have to get a job because you guys aren't going to be able to afford it anymore. Or a divorce. Or a divorce. Which is probably fine with her. But she was shaped like a fucking eggplant. Mm -hmm. That's what pissed me off the most. I'm like, you're going to sit here with your fucking buzzed haircut. Your fucking, lack of a better term, dyke cut. (laughs) Shaped like a fucking eggplant. I think they prefer to be called bulls now. Oh, bulls. With your bull cut. (laughs) you, You can't sit there and fucking yell at me. When you're not even in the army, not yeah. even in the military, and your husband's a subpar soldier, and you're going to sit here and yell at me and say, I'm, I have, I'm of the epitome of toxic leadership because I yelled at your, your husband. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. That pissed me off so bad. I have one. I'm some, still mad about it. I, I can't one. tell with my voice. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> upset. I understand. I understand. I was pissed, Jordan. <laughs> we had, I was pissed. We had a soldier. At Bliss when I first got there. So when I first got there, we had a first sergeant, shitty, the shittiest, not just the shittiest first sergeant I ever met, the shittiest NCO, possibly the shittiest person I ever met in my life. I hated this motherfucker so much. And he hated me. Yeah. Mutual hate. He hated me because I went to special forces assessment and selection. Piece of shit. Yeah. Like, do you think I was going to fucking the Hilton and okay. had taken, do you think I was taking leave or some shit? You fucking idiot. Anyway, whatever. You're, you're clearly trying to dodge. Yeah. So anyway, right. <laughs> this dude, he tolerated all the dependents. Like mm. fucking, uh, so we had the one soldier, the big, he was probably the biggest shit bag in the battery at the time. And, uh, he'd always constantly get fucked up and his wife yeah. would come in probably twice a month, right to first sergeant's office. And fucking just bitching and complaining. And then we get an ass-chewing information about the shit she was bitching about. It's like, really, dude? You're going to take the credence of that over any what any of us have to say? You know, fuck her. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Leave your fucking home at home. Anyway, he dealt, dealt with it, and we all got our ass chewed all the time about it. It was so fucking annoying. I hated it, dude. I fucking hated it. And this dude is in my section. Ugh. But I wasn't in it. I wasn't... I was a gunner at the time, so I guess I was technically leadership, but... Um, but you weren't the chief. No. So. But uh, anyway, fast forward, we get new a new first sergeant, a new commander. He gets rid of all the shitbag fucking NCOs that we had. And there was a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, she came in one time when we got this first sergeant. You know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. The guy that would go yell at the fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. profile picture. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I was on profile, he'd come yell at me and he, he'd yell at everyone. Then he'd come to me and they'd go, oh, you're fine because you're, yeah. you're actually hurt. But fuck you. <laughs> And I'm not going to say his name because he's a command sergeant major now. Right. Probably the best leader I ever met in the army. Mm -hmm. Um, So she came in one day and I remember walking past like in the hallway where first arms offices and shit Mm -hmm. and just fucking dude, he was laying into this, this chick just fucking, I don't give a fuck who you are. 
your husband's a fucking piece of shit. Get the fuck out of my office. Fuck you. Golly. <laughs> the, she was out bawling through the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> fucking left. And fucking, he's like, fucking form it up now, goddammit. He came on, he's like, you. And he fucking called him out by name. <laughs> if I see your fucking tweaker bitch meth head wife one more fucking time, I'm going to go fucking nuclear. Oh, <laughs> shit. He, he's just like, oh. Roger first RV. <laughs> after that, we're like, fuck yeah, dude. This first arm's the man. Yeah. That's the way it's got to be. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but spouses don't have any pull. Get the nor fuck should out. they have any pull in the fucking army, dude. Are you kidding me? Dude, if my dude, wife. That's crazy. If my wife even brought up the idea, I'm going to go in it. Because I would bitch about, to my wife about oh, yeah. shit all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, just venting. Uh-huh. And if she even, I got an iota of an idea that she's going to march into the fucking battery and bitch to my leadership, I would intercept her before she fucking. Oh yeah, dude. Got out of her car. Be like the secret fucking service. I'd be like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to call the fucking cops right now and get you escorted (laughs) off fucking base. Go. You're not entering here. (laughs) Oh, dude. I, yeah, I wouldn't stand for that. There's no fucking way. Like, do you have any idea how much of a piece of shit you're going to make me look? And if she did and then like called in an NCO that was like calling me out or some shit. I'd just be like, you know what? I'm going to take care of this at home. She's going to leave. Forget this ever fucking happened. This is so goddamn embarrassing. Yeah. Matter of fact, she's not even independent anymore because we are getting divorced. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. That's like going into your job, like having your wife come to your job and yell at your boss. That's the exact same it's thing. Exact except, same thing. Except worse. It should be worse. It's the fucking military, dude. <laughs> yeah. They shouldn't even be allowed in the fucking battalion area they should be allowed in the goddamn px and that's it yeah that's it that's it you shouldn't be allowed to go into fucking battalion areas or unit areas willy-nilly like that that's crazy no that's fucking crazy and senior leadership shouldn't even give them an audience no like um so what rank are you oh nothing that's right i don't care my like my first aren't he was a shit i liked him a lot he was a great guy and he he was too he, nice he totally had my back but yes he was 100 percent too nice he's way too nice to the fucking spouses um you know that's not a bad thing he's a he's a really great first sergeant i really did respect him and liked him but yeah when that happened i'm like what the fuck is going on first sergeant? like this is fucking nuts he's like i know but you know i didn't want to like kick her out and i i thought i didn't think it was gonna go like that i thought we'd be able to like work it out a little bit i guess I'm like Dude, you should have fucking told her bitch ass to get the fuck out of here. But he was he was a nice guy. He was a great he was a great first sergeant. He knew his shit, but it's like fuck man. You would have probably been in like a good psychiatrist or counselor or something, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And like that's one thing that made him a good first sergeant is that whenever a soldier had a legitimate problem, he yeah. would look at them not as a necessarily a first sergeant, but like almost like a like a dad. Like a caring dad would be like, Okay, man, like a, let's figure this out. You know, you need some help. Here's some here's some resources that we can help you out with. Like he'd talk to you like a real person. Mm-hmm. He treated everyone, all the soldiers like real people, even if they were shitbags. Yeah. Which, you know, it is what it is, but he wasn't he 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 was hard when he needed to be hard, but he was he softened up when he felt like he needed to soften up. And that was one instance where he softened up where he should have fucking went hard. Mm-hmm. He should have went nuclear on her. You know? Yeah. Or or he could have at least been like, Okay, yeah, you know, I'll have a chit chat with my NCO um about this situation. And you're free to go because mm-hmm. you're not allowed in here. Yeah. But I'll definitely have a conversation with them and we'll figure this out. So goodbye. But no, I sit there and listen to this fucking bitch chew my ass about how I'm a toxic leader. I'm like, I'm about to fucking, 
I'm about to go nuclear. I let her, I let her have it in the middle of that because I'm like, if First Heart wants to fucking reprimand me, rep, reprimand me for yelling at a, a civilian, then it is what it is. Yep. Fuck, Fuck man. <sighs> All right. Well, I think that was it. We already did closing statements, and we went on story time a little bit longer. So yeah, thanks for sure. Thanks for listening, guys. Jordan, thanks again for coming on, man. Oh yeah, always a pleasure. And I hope you don't get uh, have any more dependas coming on you on Facebook. So <laughs> I'll come on them. Yeah, <laughs> get an A, dude. Here we go. <laughs> All right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>